You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. The back straight quarter, 28.8. Hot and treacherous now goes to rough and ready. Top of the home straight. Copy, that's a length and a half away. Hot and treacherous comes for home. Copy, that comes to the outside. Hot and treacherous. Copy, that. The crowd starts to roar for the little bloke and he goes to the lead again. Copy, that. Hot and treacherous tries to fight him off. Couldn't. What a win. Yeah, off a big handicap. All I can suggest, even if you don't follow harness racing that closely, you must tune in for this New Zealand Trotting Cup on Tuesday. It's race 11 on the card. It's like the Melbourne Cup of the standard bred world because you've got all these big name horses that it's Chris Barsby spoke about earlier in the week, it's not going to be a boring race. There's going to be moves aplenty and chopping and changing. Just a really exciting race, Chris Barsby. Good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. And, Steve, just to, to add more to that point, it's the Aussie horses. We've got two in total in this year's Cup that are going to be forcing the action on Tuesday afternoon. Majestic Cruiser and Rock and Roll Do. They're both uh, trained by young, uh, up-and-coming trainers that are aggressive. They won't be uh, sitting there and wondering, so they'll make sure their horses are in the race and they'll make sure there's plenty of action. What are you leaning towards at this stage? I suppose it's just going to come down to run of the race sort of stuff, isn't it, Chris? Lucky in running. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Uh, it, it's going to be a very interesting race. Starts obviously crucial. Uh, Self Assured, who's won a cup previously, he's perched up in position one. So is that a help or a hindrance? Many will tell you with the 3,200-metre stand start uh, position at Addington, if you draw just a little bit wide, you seem to have that little bit of an advantage because you can sort of time your run. When you're drawn in close, uh, it's not as big as a help as it probably sounds on paper. So it's going to be interesting. I think Spankham's terrific value, $9. I think he's timing his run nicely. I wouldn't be shocked to see him uh, produce a really strong performance on Tuesday afternoon. But the fascinating horse, Steve, in this race is Akuda. Technically, as Greg O'Connor outlined yesterday, he's four, but he's still listed as a three-year-old with the recent uh, changes to the system in Australian harness racing or Australasian harness racing. So can a three-year-old come out and beat the older boys in a New Zealand Cup? There's been so much uncertainty on whether he would or wouldn't start. Well, here he is. He's going to the post on Tuesday. He's going to start from uh, position three. He's $9. So... I sent uh, Darren Clayton uh, uh, an assignment on Wednesday, and this will be interesting for you, and he's about to join us very shortly. Given the success of Leap to Fame this year, Steve, he's won the three major derby classics on the East Coast, Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria. He won the Group 1 Breeders' Challenge there on Saturday night. So that's four Group 1s. He set an Australasian record, stopping the clock at 1.49, who was Group 1 placed in the Rising Sun against older horses, taking on the four-year-olds there. That was the race ladies in red beat him. He's going to be crowned the Queensland Harness Horse of the Year. He's going to be crowned the Australian Three-Year-Old of the Year. Has he done enough to be crowned the Australian Harness Horse of the Year for 2022? I'm wondering if he was in a race like this, where would he, where would he sit in, in regards if he, would, if he lined up in this race, for example? This New Zealand... Well, let me cup. ask this question of you then, Steve. So furthermore to those questions I asked uh, Darren, and he's going to give me an answer to see if he can find something to uh, uh, usurp him uh, for that overall award... Where does he sit with Akuda? Akuda's considered to be the, the number one three-year-old in New Zealand. 
they're yet to clash. So who would be the number one seed between these two? It's all hypothetical, but it's great conversation. Mm. There's no doubt about it. I'm Does he have to, to win comment, the New Zealand Cup? A, a, a few times. I'd have leaped to fame any day of the week. Yeah, but if he comes out and wins the New Zealand Cup, which he won't, sort of, <laughs> they get run over. Won't he get these old old heads? I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be taking on Mark Curden. <laughs> Fair enough. He's too good a horseman. So, But anyway, Darren Clayton is about to join us and he's online now. Darren, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. Morning, Steve. How are you? Been listening there, so what have you come up with? Yeah, well, I thought, interesting year at Cuda Point. I th- um, Greg O'Connor, he's got to see both horses up, up close and personal and he was a big fan of Leap to Fame when he was over here for uh, for the winter. Um, yeah, I wouldn't sell Akuda short just yet, although he hasn't been completely dominant but in terms of head-to-head I definitely go leap to fame going back to my homework question Chris um, has he done enough to win the Australian horse of the year title overall looking back on it uh, the last horse to win three derbies was uh, Captain Joy back in 2009 he was crowned the Australian three-year-old of the year Um, wasn't able to win the horse of the year that year that title taken by Blacks of Fake. Uh, sorry, 2009 was Mr. Feelgood. Mr. Feelgood. Yeah. Yes. So looking back on history, the Inter-Dominion winner seems to get a rails run for the horse of the year. If you look back through the, um, the past two years, obviously COVID restricted has been the exception to that rule where Queen, King of Swing has been the two winners. Go back through previous, you got Tiger Tara, Lazarus, Smolder, Lenny the Shark, Bowtied twice, I'm the Mighty Quinn, three times in a row, Blacks are fake, Mr. Feelgood. Back to that 2009 year. So all the Inter-Dominion winners. I'll put this as out on the table. The only horse that should be beating Leap to Fame to the Australian Horse of the Year title will be Spirit of St. Louis. If oh, please. If, if, just hear me out, if Spirit of St. Louis wins the Inter-Dominion, okay? Now, that is the only, and I'll, I'll tell you that why, Chris, because of his performances, purely off the fact that the Inter-Dominion winner is getting the rails run. I'm not saying that I, that I think that's how it will happen. I'm saying for mine, Leap to Fame should be the three-year-old horse of the year. He should be the Australian harness horse of the year. What I'm saying is the only way he will get beaten of that title is if Spirit of St. Louis wins the Inter-Dominion. So it's a big I caveat. I get what you're saying. It's I get what you're caveat. saying. But that's flat-out embarrassing. There's two challenges to leap to fame. It's King of Swing, who had four starts this year, won all four races, including the Miracle Mile and the Hunter Cup, two Group 1 Grand Circuit races. So only a very small sample size this year but it's enough to put him in the equation for sure and certain the other one is ladies in red uh multiple group one winner uh did beat leap to fame here during the tab constellations uh she's a last start group one winner the queen of the pacific but she is a mare and a lot of her races have been against her own sex they're the three They're, they're the only three that could be considered for the australian harness horse of the year regardless of who comes out and wins the inner dominion next month yeah and and i take all that on board i'm purely looking at the fact of history suggesting the inter-dominion winner is being awarded the australian harness horse of the year going back apart from those two agree king of swing right up there four starts four wins definitely 
But, uh, you know, I'm just... History sometimes has a strange way of repeating itself. Mm. Steve, be the mediator here. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, just in regards to Leap to Fame, if he was in this race on Tuesday, where would he sit in the market, do you reckon? Oh, he'd be in the top top four or five, no question. Mm. And would you back him in this race? I'd back him in anything. <laughs> Sounds I like think the fact too last that week, he's amazing he's the work he can and do and win. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this race would be ideal for him. Two mile, like the mile, we saw how quick he went sitting parked last week over the mile, um, you know, breaking 150. That's not his bread and butter. His bread and butter is the longer trip. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be very keen to entertain mm. him. Although at this stage of his career, of course, he hasn't had any stand start experience. But uh, that aside, just purely off off ability and talent, you'd definitely be wanting. Yeah. I, I'd be backing him for sure. That's the amazing thing about it. You don't see a lot of horses that can do the amount of work that he can do. Normally, you tear up your ticket, and I don't care how good you are, and and still going and win after parking in the chair like that. You know, and running those fast times. Brian you go through his major wins there uh, of the derby. He showed something different in each of those derby wins. When he won the New South Wales derby, he beat him for speed. He sat 1-1, just blew him away over the concluding stages. When he won the Queensland derby, three wide of the breeze, crushed them. When he won the Victoria derby, he was just so, so strong. It was just sheer strength. Yeah, he was able to go to the lead and just power through unbelievable sectionals right through the line and be so dominant. And just going back to that Breeders' Challenge series, his heat, his semi-final and his final victory, three wide to the breeze, set a track record at Tamworth in his heat, set an Australasian record winning the final, never saw the fence. Mm. And in that Victoria derby, he knew Captain Ravishing was his danger, so he just broke his heart. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and that's a valid point. I'll just say this, and I know we keep waxing lyrical about Leap to Fame, but it's a very valid point for officials and administrators that that we can't miss this opportunity to promote harness racing off the back of Leap to Fame. And I'm not saying we've got to hitch our wagon wholly and solely to Leap to Fame, but surely if you're going to promote this sport, he is the, the, the pin-up boy right now. Without a doubt, Chris, and... and... To a certain extent, I think we missed the boat with Blacks of Fake all those years ago of how 100%. good he was. And, yep. you know, we had an opportunity there. Let's not miss, miss it this time around. And, um, you know, like you say, he, he could be anything. He is an amazing horse already. But uh, just going back quickly to that horse of the year, two three-year-olds previously have won the Australian horse of the year title. Rufus Youngblood, 1987, New South Wales, Queensland, Australian derbies. Westburn Grant, New South Wales, Victorian, New Zealand mm. derby. Just picking you up then, how do you do that then? You're saying we missed an opportunity with Blacks of Fake. You're saying let's do it with What do you mean? How do we do it? Well, we, we, we sat idly by, didn't we, Darren? And it wasn't just Blacks of Fake. We had a golden era of harness racing. So we had Blacks of Fake. We had Be Good Johnny. We had Slip and Slide, Cobbity Classic. Washaki was there. Flashing Red was there. And we didn't promote these horses to the best of our ability. So here's a golden opportunity set amongst a backdrop for the upcoming Tab Constellations next year. The Inter-Dominion returns to Albion Park. We haven't had a series here since 2001. We've got to be pushing harness racing, and this is the horse to get new people involved. You showcase this horse, tell them when they're racing, put it out there. It can only help. We didn't do that with those great horses during the mid-2000s. Ryan Spice is chomping at the bit to say something. <laughs> morning, boys. Morning, listeners. Your thoughts? 
Oh, Chris, um, I'm like you boys. I'm, I'm one of Leap of Fame's biggest fans. His staying capacity is just sublime, and uh, let's hope he can become the horse we all want him to be. Yep. Well, it's going to be very interesting uh, next year for him. He's got some big assignments, some big money assignments, the, uh, the Rising Sun, the Eureka. I'm sure there's some other targets that they're going to focus on as well. But he is, without doubt, the, uh, the number one attraction in harness racing right now in this country. So it'll be very interesting. Just on that New Zealand Cup, Steve, uh, for Tuesday, just going through that tab market. Self-assured seven, Majestic Cruiser 13. Akuda at $9, Krug 31, Spankham 9, he's a Sports 71, Pembroke Playboy 34. Copy that. The defending champ looking to become the first horse since Lazarus to go back to back. He's the favourite, 350. Old Town Road 11, Kango 34, Smithy's Terror 101. Uh, we've got uh, Rock and Roll Do 480, BD Joe 14, Alta Wise Guy 34. South Coast Arden, $34. The three emergencies, all at big odds. The Falcon, Steal the Show, and Cranbourne. So the favourite is copy that at $3.50. The big one over in uh, WA tonight is the WA Derby. This is their big Group 1 feature for the three-year-old Colts. It's race 5, 9.14 Queensland time. Looking at the market with Tab for this race. Taking the Mickey, the Oaks winner, $23. Who's the Dad, 41 Lucid Dreams, 11 Max Better, 340 Arden's Horizon, 71 Tricky Mickey, 195 Hoppy's Way 26, Armour X Factor 81, uh, Mungatahe at 51, Streethawk 6, Linebacker 21, Bean Scootin 71, and the two reserves, Soho Down Jones and a Rock on Top 34, $61 respectively. So Gary Hall Jr. driving the favourite there, Tricky Mickin. He's been best back, 195. He was much better yesterday when we spoke with Matt Young. He was 210. He's now 195. So good support there. That's the WA Derby tonight, race five. Darren and Ryan, we've got the Summer Carnival starting Albion Park Saturday night. Uh, the, the main race, uh, uh, monetary-wise, is the peak of the creek for Aqua Constructions. We had the heats last night. But the uh, interesting race, without doubt, is the Be Good Johnny Sprint. Mac Da Vinci's back in town. He won this race last year, but he's up against the current track record holder in Black Sedans, who's back from Sydney. Ryan, I'll ask you first, uh, which way are you sort of going in, in this feature tomorrow night? Chris, I'm with Black Dance with the barrier draw advantage over Mac Da Vinci, but there's certainly no spoil in his price. He's at the odds-on quote of $1.30 currently. Um, from a wagering perspective, I do like entertaining the marker line runners from a place perspective in the form of Tommy Lincoln and Will the Wizard. I think they can run bold races and fill a place. Um, but it does, to my eye, look like Black Dance's race to lose. Okay. Tommy Lincoln fifteen. Blanks a dancer dollar twenty eight. Mac Da Vinci six fifty. Star Galleria twenty six. Swaggy Shannon gets the start fifty one. Scratch Cruise Bramac. Cardles from Heaven thirty one. Will the Wizard twenty three. Zarvan Banner twenty three. Uncle Shank thirty one. And Big Wheels eleven dollars. Darren, the scratching of Cruise Bromac, does that throw the speed map out of uh, whack now? Yeah, it certainly does, I think. You could probably say that if Cruz Bromac is in the field, regardless of him being out in gate six, he was probably your early leader. Um, that makes it a little bit more tricky now. I think Black Sedance can just burrow through enough to hold Mac Da Vinci uh, enough to his outside that he then bully his way to the front. Tommy Lincoln probably looks for cover, um, and that puts Black Sedance in front where his uh, <clears throat> His record at the mile, four he's had four wins uh, in Queensland this year. It's interesting that we, you know, a horse that seems to have been going as good as he has, 
only got uh, four wins in Queensland this season, but uh, you look at his miles, 50, 50.7 and 49.2, those uh, three of those four wins at the mile. I think he gets to the front and once in control, I think he just... Uh, Let's them chase him, and it'll be the interest in the miners then. Um, and like Ryan said, I, I think if you play that peg line, you go pretty close to, to filling the trifecta up. Hey, Ryan, just with this race tomorrow night, new driver for Black Sedans. Pete McMullen currently suspended. He probably wouldn't have been driving anyway because he's got a commitment to a wedding in Tamworth tomorrow night. Trent Dawson gets the drive on a Black Sedan. So how do you see that? Do you think that's going to be a, a, a good fit for one another? Yeah, Chris, I do think it's a good fit. Trent Dawson is an uber-aggressive driver. I think he'll blow him up down the back in the third quarter and he'll uh, just be too strong up the lane. OK. The, the, the scratching of Cruz, Bromac, uh, that, that, that's really important, isn't it? Yeah, it changed the dimensions of this race. I certainly lent to the thought that Cruz Bromac would get across and from there, if he was in the race, it would, um, would have had a totally different dynamic. Okay, well, that's the uh, the seventh race on the program, the Be Good Johnny Sprint, named in honour of the Dual Miracle Mile champion. The other feature is the Aqua Constructions Peak of the Creek. The heat's last night. No real surprises there. Taking care of business, future assured. Both successful, rating good time, 52.953 respectively. And they've come up with the inside gates following the draw last night. With Tab, taking care of business, 260. Future assured, 350. Brigadier Sun, 6. Harry Kane, 71. Shelby, 151. Stompham, 151. The Emergency is Regulus at 101. Speed Dating, 390. Mossdale Mac, 21. We Always Have Faith, 11. Targaryen, $8. So the favourite here is taking care of business off that victory last night. Ryan, Nathan Dawson took the drive last night. He's opted for Speed Dating, who was second behind Future Assured. Did that surprise you, that driver switch? Yeah, I was a little um, surprised. Chris, I was naturally thinking Nathan may have stuck with taking care of business and Adam Sanderson might have driven speed dating, but it's just flipped the other way around. Um, very deep race this. There was not a lot between any of these horses in the heats. I think it's wide open. Tempo's going to most likely dictate the result. So if you look at that market, there's basically four that are five, given a really strong chance. Is it more open than that? Can you make cases for a few others here, Ron? Chris, if they go absolutely crazy and run a 55 first half, I give We Always Have Faith and Targaryen really good knockout hopes. OK. Darren, do you think they'll they'll go berserk early? I think perhaps the first quarter definitely will be. Um, it, it'll really come down to that second quarter, what sort of uh, tempo that that generates as to how the race then pans out. I think if Future Assured gets across easy enough and holds Brigadier's son, um, who gets to the front line after drawing the second line there on uh, on the Thursday night's heats. If Future Assured gets, a, gets across very easily across the one, is able just to pinch it a little bit through that second quarter, well then, uh, obviously, he's going to be mighty hard to run down. Like Ryan said, if they do go too hard early, it definitely sets up. We always have faith. He found the line nicely, albeit off a, off a peg smother, but uh, the way he hit the line was really good. And Targaryen, he might just appreciate being able to come with one run after having to do all the work in his heat outside of taking care of business. Where incidentally, he did hit the front, but uh, taking care of business just rallied uh, too strongly up the straight.
Just from your perspective, you do all the maps. Uh, is this a really difficult race to map? Because taking care of business, we only got that really small sample size last night of his gate speed. Future assured, still a little unknown. We're yet to see Brigadier's son. He was his, having his first start last night, had a second row draw. Now he moves to the front. So is it really difficult to sort of map this race? Yeah, I think so just in terms of their actual speed off the arm. I think uh, we saw Future Assured from gate six in the heat. Um, you know, he didn't just blast the game. He eventually just sort of took his time and worked forward. He probably has to be a little bit more um, aggressive to really keep Brigadier's son to his outside this time around because um, I think if Brigadier's son gets to the front, there's going to be no front there for Future Assured. So um, he needs to make sure that he keeps Brigadier's son to his outside. Chow B is an interesting one. He never really draws well, but a couple of times he has drawn off the front line. He's got, you know, really good speed off the gate. So, you know, you throw him into the mix as well, whether they really just light him up straight away. And, you know, he's a little bit wider. You've got Future Assured and Brigadier's son side by side. We've seen so many times those horses wider just can sometimes get that little bit of a slingshot across rather than trying to muster the speed to beat the horse to either your inside or outside. But ultimately, I think Future Assured gets to the front. I think from there he wins the race. I think he's progressing really well this season. OK. He did draw barrier one in the recent triad and, and couldn't hold up. Yeah, and I think perhaps maybe that was more of a case of it being 2100 and um, content to take a trail there Captain Shuffles went into that triad going super um, probably looked at the fact that getting gate one and taking a trail at the 2100 was the best option there I think he's a much better miler future assured and um, he's by always be Mickey who's siring some really speedy horses so uh, he was a speedster himself always be Mickey and, and I think we'll see that tomorrow night. Ryan, this starts the quaddy tomorrow night and we've got a, uh, a quaddy jackpot of $20,000 through tab. So that pool is projected to exceed $100,000. Being the first leg, would you suggest a play wide here? Chris, that will certainly be my angle. I'm having a really tough time singling out even just two clear winning hopes. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be putting in what I consider the, the first six or seven chances in the race. OK. Uh, now, let's have a look at the uh, the trotting feature coming through tomorrow night. This is for one equine. Uh, this has drawn together a good lineup as well. Red Castleton won this race last year, and he's got barrier one. He's a $14 chance. Kingdom Come, 101. Van Sank, fresh back from that Group 3 victory in Sydney last week. He's the favourite, 290. Father Christmas, 26. Zealous Spur, 26. Sir Fahrenheit, 13. Humble Lad, 350. Sugar and Spice, 650. Majestic Harry, 350. So there's quite a few given a good chance here. Ryan, how do you see the trotting feature? Chris, really keen here on Van Sank with Adam Sanderson taking the drive for Shannon Price. I think this fellow can zip over and lead for a long way. In fact, I've made him my best for the weekend. Um, in front, he's going to take no end of beating. He's got a great record of the 2100. I think the clear and present danger will be Red Castleton drawn on his back, getting the last shot. Um, if there, there's certainly, it's a high quality race with the likes of Humble Lad, Sugar and Spice, and Majestic Harry contesting. But I think Van Sang with his gate speed and the good draw, I think he's the one to beat. Darren, do you have him in front, Van Sang? Yeah, I thought he had the speed to get across, Chris, and um, Red Castleton drawn in gate one. Um, 
does have his own share of speed, but be happy to take a trail there. And then to his outside, um, he's not going to get any pressure in the first bit, certainly off the gate. Um, pressure might come then in the form of Humble Lad or Sir Fahrenheit. Sir Fahrenheit will certainly um, probably appreciate this after a Sydney campaign that really didn't uh, hit any great heights, but he certainly gets a, um, you would say this would be a little bit easier than what he's met. Van Sank really good at Menangle last week, but I think Van Sank in front certainly goes a long way to, uh, to leading them deep into the stretch. I actually think Red Castleton uh, can knock off Van Sink. I think he'll get the perfect trip. He's been going sectionally. He's been really good. He was a winner a couple of starts back uh, over the uh, stand start. He's eight from 12 at the middle trip. All his wins at Albion Park have been when he's been on the pegs in transit. I think he gets the perfect smother up here. Um, and incidentally, he won this race last year, which was then the springboard to him to go down to uh, Sydney and have a, a shot at the Inter-Dominion where he ended up, he won the quasi, I guess, consolation. They didn't have a trotter's consolation, but nearly the entire field was made up of horses that didn't qualify for the final. He was able to win that also off the pegs at Menangle. I think um, T-Mac, Talia McMullen, she'll give him a perfect trip in behind the speed and I'll give him a really big knockout hope at really good odds. T-Mac? Tony McCarthy or Talia McMullen? <laughs> to Leah McMullen. Let's see if she can channel some toddy uh, going over the way he's going over there in North America at the moment. To Leah can, uh, can try and claim that title here in Queensland with a victory there tomorrow night. I think, uh, yeah, like I say, I'm really keen on this horse's chances. That's a good price then, $14. Yeah, it was... Uh, Actually, a bit of $16 was available a bit earlier. Oh, too. oh someone shopped early. <laughs> there you go. So you're keen on Red Castleton, and Ryan is keen on Van Sank. So this is going to be interesting between you two boys tomorrow night. The other feature tomorrow night is the changeover Queen of the Creek for the mares. Uh, interestingly, with this lineup of mares, uh, nothing started in this race last year. Last year, the race was won by Gerardo's Delight. So this is a completely fresh field of mares here. But the interesting runner, without doubt, Ryan, is Fairy Tinkerbell. She is going to go up short. What sort of prize do you imagine they'll uh, they'll frame her up at? Yeah, Chris, I think they'll go up really short, maybe around the $1.50, $1.60 mark. She is the clear class runner of this field. Um, the issues with Fairy Tinkerbell, though, of course, are the back row draw, and she is... Um, quite some time between restarts. She won the feature man's race here in the winter and has trialled nicely in return. But um, odds on from the back row, it'll probably just look on for me. OK, how do you see it, Darren? Yeah, I think the uh, the early the early speed's the, the big factor here. Better than diamonds, we spoke about uh, Trent Dawson being an aggressive driver. Well, better than diamonds... Uh, a really good gate speed mare, and Trent's got the booking there with uh, Dance in the Sun, the other Turpin runner, Grant Dixon, taking the reins of that mare. So um, working off that, I think Better Than Diamonds probably leads, provided she doesn't get too fizzed up, which she can tend to do. Um, I think from a from a punning perspective, Fairy Tinkerbell, obviously the class runner, but I think that gives Oaxacan Dream uh, a lovely opportunity here to, to run into some of the minor money, and um, I'll be looking to get a place price about her off the back of her good win last week, which was uh, in good time. She sat three back the fence and then just rattled home over the top. It was only 0.4 outside of the track record for the mares, which is held by Fairy Tinkerbell. 
coincidentally, who took that out in the winter when she was up here. So that's the angle I'll be looking at. Um, and also give a, a knockout place chance to Girl from Oz. If she gets down to three fence, if better than Diamonds leads, we'll then certainly give her a place uh, opportunity as well. Okay, so a little bit of value there perhaps with Girl from Oz, but uh, Fairy Tinkerbell, the horse to beat. So in summing up for this uh, good night of racing tomorrow night at Albion Park, first night of the summer carnival for Tab, what would your best bet be, Ryan? Chris, I'm sticking with the trot of Van Sank. I think he can take okay. them all the way. All right, Van Sank for you. What's your best bet tomorrow night at the creek, uh, Darren? Yeah, need to be patient, Chris. Race 10, I've come up with number 10, Watchful Lady. Um, it's a, you know, it's a mare's race where there's a, an absence of any real standout. And from gate 10, um, she's been going pretty good, and I think she should just be too good for what's in there. She was only three metres away last time out. The trip and tempo is obviously key, but uh, I think she's got a, enough of a class edge to win that race. Race 10, number 10, Watchful Lady. Okay, be patient, all right. Race 10, number 10. It was worth the wait on Wednesday night. It certainly was, and there was even a little bit of a drift for Jamaican Resort. So, yeah, I'm happy to play the patient game. Okay, so 10 races coming through tomorrow night from Albion Park starting at 5.37. And just repeating, there is a quaddy jackpot of $20,000. So betting into a good pool and you're betting into those better races on the program there, races 5, 6, 7 and 8, that pool should... Uh, hopefully get uh, past the $100,000 mark. We've got the uh, the Rising Stars final coming through from Melton tomorrow night. It's race seven and a horse we all know well, guys. Hector is the clear favourite. He's now part of the Emma Stewart stable. He's Queensland owned. He's unbeaten since going down to Victoria and he's expected to dominate here. He's at a $1.35. Ryan, you follow the Victoria New South Wales form closely. Any surprise with the way Hector's gone about his business down there? No, absolutely not, Chris. He's uh, got lots of talent, that horse, and he's going to one of the best barns in the country. Um, I think he'll be rolling to the top and they won't see which way he's gone. OK. Have you uh, caught of any of his replays yet, uh, Darren? I watched his first up win more out of uh, interest that I was wondering where, where he was and then uh, someone messaged me to say, have you seen Hector first up at Maryborough? And, um, yeah, so I kept an eye out from then and, yeah, he's been really good. He was a good horse up here, just... Didn't didn't fire. Just he got beaten as an odds-on favourite in a few of his first runs, and then changed stables. And yeah, like Ryan said, he's gone to one of the best barns in the country now. You could only expect him to to really improve off the talent that he he had already shown to a certain degree up here. Okay, the feature at uh, Menangle tomorrow night is the Group Three Nick Rubin Free for All, one of Sky Racing's. Uh, uh, former personalities. There's a great man, Nick Robin, and this race is named in his honour, and it's drawn together a very strong lineup. Expensive Ego, a dollar eighty-five, going down the board. Stingray Tara seven, Burnham Boy ten, Focus Stride thirteen, Bright Energy fifty-one, Pete said so twenty-three, Isaiah fifty-one, Perfect Stride eight fifty, Bundoran twenty-one, AG's White Sox seven, JOK. He's fresh up nine fifty and expensive ego, a dollar eighty five. We haven't seen expensive ego Ryan since he was the beaten favourite in the Victoria Cup behind Rock and Roll. Do does he take care of this lot tomorrow night? Chris, you'd, you'd more than likely think so. He's certainly the horse to beat, but um, I couldn't be backing him off his last start failure. Um, from a betting point of view, I think the early price they went up, Stingray Tara, the place they went up two dollars fifteen was a great bet. Um, he has enough early speed to kick through and hold a forward position. And he's had eight starts on the track and finished top three seven times. So that is the angle I'm playing. 
in-form trainer, driver, Jack Trainer. Yeah, he goes all right, Jack. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Stingray Tara, a good place hope there from that inside draw. Any thoughts on that race, uh, Darren? Well, the way I'll just look at that race, Chris, is if expensive ego comes out and bounces back with a, an emphatic victory, well, then really going to look heavily into rock and roll do in the New Zealand Cup on Tuesday. That would be how I'd be looking at it um, after rock and roll do winning that Victoria Cup where uh, he dealt with expensive ego pretty easily. So that would be the other way. And um, Jack Trainer, as you mentioned, picked up his ninth Group 1 victory there the other night. He'd uh, two on the same night. Interestingly, he'd f his first eight Group 1s all aboard a filly or a mare. He was able to make it number nine with a cast no shadow in that Lensmith mile. So no longer a ladies' man then? No longer a ladies' man, Jack Trainer. It might be a... Okay. Yeah, I don't know whether he, he's happy with that mantle or not. OK. Uh, we've got some great racing coming through in Victoria over the coming weeks. The end of the minion, obviously, but the Breeders' Crown Series, we've got heats tonight for the three-year-olds. I think the two-year-olds are stepping out on Sunday. There's some real talented types there. Captain Ravishing, he goes around tonight. Uh, he's in race number three, drawn three. So it's interesting they've put, you know, the, the major players of that three-year-old section all in the same heat. Major Perry, the Kiwi, drawn gate one. Rip the Derby, runner-up behind Leap to Fame. He draws two. Captain Ravishing in three. So there's some strong races tonight and again on Sunday, including Jewel Melody. She's going to make her Victorian debut. So there's going to be plenty of interest there with uh, that filly for Bernie Hewitt. So there's a lot to look forward to over the weekend, Darren. Yeah, there sure is. And it's interesting just how they, um, these... You know, fortuity races, how they're seeded. If you look at that that third race, the third heat there tonight at Bendigo, like you say, it's it's a lot stronger than the other ones. So um, I'm not sure whether that's something that needs addressing in time, just whether heats need to be seeded. I've, I've made it known um, plenty of times that I'm not a big fan of heat racing in fortuities. I think it should just be straight in. So that's uh, that's my thought, but, I, you know, I'm not sure about that. But... Jewel Melody, if she comes out and wins this um, Breeders' Crown Series, Chris, for Bernie Hewitt, is she a, a smoky for the Horse of the Year title? I don't think she could usurp Leap to Fame. Def yeah. It's, it's mm. going to take a, something uh, monumental for that to happen. But, uh, yeah, she's a, she'll definitely go up as probably, if not one of the greatest two-year-old fillies we've ever seen in, during their two-year-old season, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan, have you got any thoughts on uh, some of these uh, heats tonight? We're going to have some real shorties in some of those races. Uh, not really, Chris. I think it's just uh, look on and enjoy the quality animals on display. Okay, so some really good racing. That's Bendigo tonight, just looking at those three-year-old fillies. In Cypher goes around in the first heat, or the second heat, I should say. Uh, the third heat, the Queensland Oaks winner, Soho Historia, draws the inside, so she's looking to bounce back. Steno's drawn barrier one in her heat, so some really good racing coming through from Bendigo, but Captain Ravishing steps out in race number three. Hey, really appreciate the time this morning, Ryan. We'll see you trackside tomorrow night. Cheers, Chris. There's Ryan Spice and Darren. Appreciate your time and thoughts as well. Best of luck tomorrow night. Looking forward to that trot race now between Red Castleton and Van Sank. Yeah, it should be a cracker. And um, it's certainly the first night. It's only a two-week carnival um, in terms of the, the real big races. But, you know, they're two, two weeks of really solid racing and looking forward to what they present.